Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. As I promised, I want you to turn with me to Revelation, the 12th chapter, the 17th verse. The name of uh, the rest of this weekend uh, will be under the under that of faith that will raise the dead. And I uh, don't want anyone to misunderstand, but you're going to keep the festivals, new moon, and, and bless God, the Sabbath, but you have to also sometimes be reminded of, and that's what we're going to do today and the rest of this weekend, about the things, about the testimony of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. In the 17th verse, the 12th chapter, the book of Revelation, it says, And the dragon was wrought with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, that's us, which keep the commandments of God, first and foremost, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, we are now going to begin to go back after two years that, that we have spent uh, every quarter bringing you together and teaching you about the things of the law. Now, there's much more to teach. It's not over, all right? But I've been instructed now by God to be certain that we don't get out of balance. And so often what happens within what we uh, deem to have been the Messianic movement, they forget all about the testimony of Yeshua, and they're all into the best God, all the Jewish uh, traditional things that go on. And, and by the way, isn't it something to know that we are doing something here that Paul was doing? Okay? Uh, isn't it something to know that Peter, they, they kept this time. Even Moses, they, they kept this time of Yom Kippur. That you and I have, have been given such a, such a, a privilege and a pleasure to be, to be able to know that in our hearts we're doing the same thing that they did all those eons of years ago, we're now doing it. But we don't want to forget the other end of the covenant. And the other end of that covenant from the law is who? His son, Yeshua. So the command is that we keep the testimonies of, of, of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, as we uh, uh, call him in the, in the church. Uh, I want you to turn with me uh, in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Now this is called the great faith chapter, all right? And I, I want to start there, uh, but what I want you to realize is, is faith has to become a way of life. You, you are given five senses by God so that you'll know if you touch something that's hot, you can see, you can hear, you can taste, and whatever else I've left out there. But anyway, it's given to you by God. The problem with faith is faith has nothing to do with those five senses. Your body is governed by the five senses. Your spirit is governed by the Word of God and your faith within the Word. And that's the reason that most people get confused. Most people believe they go, and you know, we had a thing that happened in the charismatic movement that was called hyperfaith. Now, if any of you was around, and I happen to have been, 
and and um, God told me, he said, I, I was in a Pentecostal thing, and God said, God said, I want you to go and I want you to learn about the uh, the charismatic thing. And I said, Lord, they're loose on both ends. I don't want nothing to do with that. He said, you go. He said, I, uh, you, there's things for you. You've got to know where they're coming from. You go. And I did, and I was right. They were loose on both ends. Of course, God knew that. But what they begin to do with faith is they begin to get you to believe if there was just, if you did step number one, two, and three, then faith was there. If you wanted a Cadillac, just every day say, I want a Cadillac. Now, there's some truths to the way that what they, the, the concept, but the, but the working of it was, was completely out of hand. And let me tell you why. It didn't work. As I said before, the only people that the best God that it worked for were those Teachers, which the charismatic movement, that's what God brought them about to do, was to restore the, the, the office of the teacher into the body. The Pentecostals wouldn't let them in, just like the, the Baptists wouldn't let the Pentecostals in. And so what happens? God has to start a new, a different movement. And he, he finds somebody seeking his face, and he starts dropping into their bucket a revelation knowledge, and all of a sudden they think they've come up with a great idea, and they didn't have an idea at all. It was God. And, the, and so we took it, and, and, and so we took that, and we began to, uh, you know, after a while, at least I did, after a while, I thought, well, what's wrong with everybody? Why, did, why is it that everybody is in this, uh, in this fog of thinking, boy, all I need is to give a little bit more money, huh? And bless God to uh, say this prayer here every day, and bless God, pretty soon all my troubles are going to be over. Now, isn't that pretty well what they told us? It's exactly what they told us. Did it happen? No, it didn't happen at all. Send us all your all your money, and, and it, no, it didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't take place. Now, I said something in the back room earlier, and I'm going to repeat it. The thing about this movement, that's now, in comparison to the charismatic movement, when I would go to some of the charismatic uh, uh, churches, some of the charismatic meetings that they had, eighty percent of the people there were women. Eighty percent were women. Now, let me tell you what the difference is in that movement and this movement. Look around. There's men all over this room. And Jezebel's having a fit, by the way. Okay? Because we got it in the right order to start out with. And that's the reason that the powers of darkness... And you, you see, folks, everything has an order. And, and that order is important. Faith is part of that order. Now... The Bible teaches without it, you can't even please God. I'm going to start in the first verse here of, of the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, most of you have heard that over and over and over again. It, and, and we were taught, bless God, and I have taught for years, if you can see it, it's not faith. You have to believe for it when it's not there. You have to pray and seek the face of God, and then when it manifests, then you can see your faith in operation. Again, the problem was that we went to the meetings, we gave the money, we bought the tapes, we came up front, had oil poured on us, hands laid on us, and our faith level never increased. It never increased. And because it didn't increase, then we're out here trying to do some things that are so far out of line that it, you know, that, it, that it's not even funny. Now... In the book of Habakkuk, if you'll turn there with me, one of the one of those prophets that's uh, not uh, talked much about, you know, 
or Habakkuk, however you want to talk about it. I've heard him call a lot of things. I, I imagine he'll straighten us all out when we get there, you know. I always say, I always said, you know, they call these the minor prophets. You want to be careful when you get there saying, oh, you're one of the minor prophets. No, I, I don't think I'd do that, okay? <laughs> they're not going to see that like this. <laughs> well, they're not Jeremiah or Ezekiel. Or, well, it's okay. They were prophets of God. Now, in the fourth verse, the second chapter, the fourth verse, it says, Behold, the soul which is lifted, which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith is not a parachute that will instantly bail people out of their problems. Faith is a way of life. You live it every day, day in and day out. Most of the problem with people, they don't try to exercise their faith until they have a problem, until there's a crisis. Then all of a sudden, boy, they're all in the faith movement. They're all, oh, I believe in God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. Now, you know, what the, you know what the problem is with saying you're believing God? You don't know what's going to happen or not, but you're hoping that it is. When you walk in true faith, I believed God, and it's going to happen. Now, what is the mindset at that? The mindset is very simple. If you were to call anything to bless God the, to be not, and though you see it, that's scary. Because that works in a realm that's outside of this right here. Altogether outside of the place realm. And because we have grown, asked from our mother's wombs, unto, in most cases this room, the dollhood, we have seen a lot of things that we have prayed about, hoped for, never to have happened. There is something called the will of God, brothers and sisters. There is an appointed time for every man to live, appointed time for them to die. You have no control. The Lord God knows the, the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. You don't know that. How can, the, how can a God that we serve do all the things that he does... And we think we can figure that out. You can't figure God out. But He gives us some, some guidance in, in, in His Word as to the way that we can become what He made us to be. He made us more than overcomers. And what I see in the body of Christ is, again, a bunch of bottle-sucking, diaper-need-to-be-changed babies that think they're all growing up because they can quote some scriptures. I love what the verse Brother Stu said here, he said, you know, he said religion is the only place that a person will become an expert in the day they get saved. And, you know, it, it just, oh, I, you just don't have any idea what it does to me to have some, <coughs> careful, Deckard, uh, knucklehead that's come up and start trying to explain to me what I don't know about the Scriptures. And, you know, in fact, I told somebody here just a couple weekends ago, I said, listen, I'm into the Word of God day and night, have been, for almost 40 years. Now, that four goes past a doctorate degree, okay? That, that, that goes past all of that. What is it? It's a way of life for me. There's not a subject that, that you and I could sit down and talk about that I have not studied at this point. And you say, well, you know everything? No, I've just scratched the surface. I don't even pretend to know everything. Uh, there, uh, I've got more questions than I've got answers still. The key is, now listen, 
And, and I think there was a, a guy on TV for years, and I think even the Navy's ministry was ever-increasing faith. That's really what this is all about. It's ever-increasing faith. Every year your faith has to grow, but it can't grow because it can only grow within the relationship that you have with the Word. Did you get on to that? It can only grow according to the relationship that you have into the Word. And there's a place where you, when you, when you begin to understand, you know, when I begin to do the thing about learning to live in the miraculous, the thing that I said to all of you was, was, was this. We are made in the image of God. And if we are made in the image of God, and we are according to His Word, and everything else doesn't count, then you have the capabilities of acting like God acts. You, that's the reason, brothers and sisters, when we can get rid of this, and these five senses, make them get in the back seat and let your spirit do the driving, as I'm always saying. You're going to realize that, bless God, you have the capabilities. You are capable. You can call the angels in. You can call what be not as though it were. Because why? You have walked over into this side, where that side no, no longer this, this. This may look like a handkerchief. It may not be a handkerchief over on the other side. I used to see people come in this room, push them in a wheelchair, and the Lord God would speak to me, and the Lord God would say, you tell them that they're going to walk out that door that they came through. They won't be pushed out. Now, folks, when it all started early on in my ministry, I got this funny feeling inside. It wasn't faith. Well, Lord, I guess that would be the end of my career being a preacher if that guy don't get out of that wheelchair or that gal doesn't get out of that wheelchair. Little did I know that God was teaching me a depth of faith that I'm teaching you this weekend. Little did I know that it was going to take that in order to see the dead come up. Little did I know it was going to take that when God said you go before the king, you go before the president or the prime minister of that nation, and you say, thus saith the mouth of God, and you leave a sign that he'll know that I've sent the prophet. Little did I know, but I was at the very place within my faith where my faith had to reach out to even be able to say, brother or sister, the Lord God spoke to me that you will push the wheelchair and not ride in it when you go out the door because he is going to heal you this night. And I can remember early on, I can, I, I, I can, I can remember like it was yesterday. I minister the word and I think, oh God, I've got to pray for that guy first or last. He'd say, first. How can we do it last? No, we're going to do it first. I said, but God, there's other No, he said, do it first. It will raise the faith level of the people. And you know what I've done all this world? I walked up on stages before multitudes of people. I've had them bring the blind, the deaf, the dumb, the lame. First, before I ever ministered the word of God, have them bring those people up and tell the people, God is about to release the miracle into the life of this person. They're going to be totally, miraculously healed here in front of your eyes so that your faith will receive what you have need of. That's what faith is. Faith is understanding, bless God, that it is possible to have the impossible work for you or somebody else. That's what faith is. Faith is, is where somebody 
is willing to step out here and say, My God is big enough. And all over the world, especially in India with the Hindu priests, you be preaching, all of a sudden you look around and there's a big commotion way over here somewhere, over there somewhere. And it's some Hindu high priest that's come to decide that he's going to preach his message, and I just shut the thing down, tell the interpreter or interpreters, go over there and get that. Bring him up here. Bring him up on that, up on that platform in front of all those people. I look around, I said, bring me somebody that's lame. One of the pastors said, get through interpretation, they go down bring a lame person up. I'd say that Hindu high priest, I'd say, now, you run your mouth off about your God over there and disturbing my service. I said, now, let's just find out if your God is real or your God isn't real. I said, this man's lame. I said, let your God heal this man. Then perhaps we need to serve him. But I said, you see what your God can do, then I'm going to show you what my God does. Ah, uh, they would go in. It always reminded me of the thing of the lot with Elijah. They would pray. I've seen them break out in sweats. Of course, at 127, uh, 28 degrees Fahrenheit, you'll break out in a sweat just standing around. But I, I, I watched them go on, and I, you know, and they'd open their eyes, and of course, nothing happened. Had any of them ever prayed for miracles? Probably not. But the things they got out said, bring them over here. Let them come and a miracle come. You know what I'll say? Tell the man or the woman, the Lapouche, the wheelchair, or walk out the door and not ride in the wheelchair any longer. Folks, faith doesn't arrive overnight. Can I, and, I, and this is something you need to know, because I, I see so many people trying to believe God for something. Now listen, that their faith has not been developed to receive, and the devil stands back, and he applauds that. Because he knows you're going to try to extend your faith and it's not going to work, then that's going to put you in your position and nine times out of ten, you're going to back up, you're going to back off, and bless God, he's going to warn because he's going to find out that that, that soldier of God decided he's just not going to be doing those kind of things. And that's a lie. Straight from the pits of hell. Why? We're made in the image of God. You are capable. Not because you're you. Not because, bless God, you're so smart. It's because you have now become a child of Almighty God. But the faith walk takes years. You know what most people do? They're trying to believe for millions when they ought to be believing for nickels and dimes. When do you start believing for your finances? When you're broke. Sure it is. You know what about faith? You do it every day. You thank God for your finances. You don't thank Him to win the lottery. If you're trying to win the lottery, you're... <laughs> I had a guy, I had this actually happen a few years ago. I had a guy uh, tell me, he said, you know, Prophet, I know that you're in tune with God, and if, if God will just give you, give you the numbers for the lottery next week, I will donate 20%. I said, you're right about me being in tune with God, but I said I'd get out of tune with God real quick if I decided to try to find out what these numbers are, bless God, for the lottery. It doesn't work that way. See, that's called luck. And that comes on the other side of the fence with the devil's side, all right? So for all you people that's wasting your money in the lottery, you need to you need to put that lottery money in an envelope, put my name and address on it, and send it so we can further the kingdom. Okay? Now, Romans, the first chapter of Romans, if you'll turn there with me. Romans 1. Now, 
watching all this through the years, and, and more than that, growing up in it myself. See, some people think, oh my, that they just all, always have had that kind of faith. Oh no, 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 no. I have prayed and peeked out of one eye. You know? I have prayed and, and thought that, bless God, people would have, will have died because of my prayer. God will tolerate for a season doubt and unbelief. Because why? He's trying to cultivate faith in us. And see, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, number one, don't realize God has to have us. If this movement is only going to be about Sabbath, the festivals and new moon, we're in trouble. Because that's not going to raise the dead. Faith is going to raise the dead. Okay? If I, if I can't teach you the concepts of who I am with God and what I do with God, where you can work these works, we're in trouble. Because no one man, no one prophet can even begin to get done what's going to have to be done in North America. You don't realize sitting here, each and every one of you sitting here, you are vessels that God wants to use to bring Ephraim into position to go back home to Israel. You don't really understand that today. But I can tell you, as a major prophet of God, that I've traveled the world and I know one thing, if I don't know anything else, I can't get it done by myself and neither can God. It's going to take people. It's going to take people like you and like me. It's going to take people to grab on to the revelation knowledge that it's time for Ephraim to, to fulfill what God put in the Scriptures all those eons of years ago. It's time. But in order to do that, do you, you know what Yeshua said? He said, if you can't believe me for the Word's sake, believe me for the miracles. Do you know what draws the big crowds in the world? It's the miracles, it's not the Word. It's the miracles, it's not the Word. And see, that's what I see such a lack of in, a, in the full gospel, uh, if, if I can use that terminology of, uh, of uh, Pentecostal, what a charismatic type of churches in America and North America, is they're powerless. They talk a good stick. They, they can talk you out of your money and build big buildings. But you don't see the, the, the manifestation of the anointing of God. And the manifestation of God's anointing is God. If there's no manifestation of Him... Well, I did that up in uh, Minnesota, too, a couple weekends ago. When the glory leaves the church. When God's glory leaves. Nobody knew but Ezekiel that the glory of God left the church. They were still going about business as usual, and God wasn't even in the building. And that's what's going on in most of the church today. We are into a lot of things, and we're not into the manifestation. Of the, you know why we're not into the manifestation of, of the glory of God? Because it takes fasting, it takes prayer, and it takes years. One of the things that I enjoyed so very much about building the churches here in the Midwest was that I began to work with people that didn't know much of anything about anything. There was no anointing involved, a corporate anointing of the people, and as they 
the, the organization began to grow after five, six years, maybe seven, we had trained the people where they understood when you come into the, into the presence of God in the sanctuaries, you leave your problems out there in the parking lot. You come in determined that you're going to learn something that night or that day. That you come in, that you go, I don't care what's being taught, what's being preached, what's being sang, you're going to leave the building and you are going to be closer to God because you came after Him. And that's what we don't do anymore. We don't seek Him as fine silver and fine gold because we don't even know the rules of how to seek Him as fine silver and fine gold. Well, I go to church every week and I give my money and a plate. Mm-hmm. When you get to heaven, you're going to find out the first church of the righteous got a little better street to live on than the rest of us. Now nah, that garbage isn't going to cut it. We're children of the Most High God. The key is to bring ourselves into a position of letting God be God. Did you grab onto that? Let God be God. This, this, this battle that we fight within our own sense realm, well, now, and, the, and the charismatics took the thing to a new level. Well, now nobody touch me. Brother Deckard, but the Holy Ghost. Who do you think's teaching you this morning? I'll guarantee you the Vahakadish is in this room. I know because I sought the face of God. And I know that He's here. And we're in His presence. No one said to us that, bless God, it was going to take any more than us showing up and putting our money in the plate. And oh, be sure you're here every meeting. The Pentecostals got so bad about it that they began to, to, to get their family so involved in their organization called a church, they didn't even have time for their own families that are out here lost. And they were told that they had to be in their place. And they quoted a couple of scriptures. And, 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 and what was that going on? Well, stupidity. This building is not your salvation. Your salvation lies within you. If he's there, meaning the Lord God. A building is a place to come to receive instruction so that you can take the instruction home and first teach your family, then teach anyone that wants to listen. We are all priests under the high priest, Yeshua. And we seem to, we seem to forget these things, and, and what we begin to do, we begin to put in the denominational realm, we begin to put such a great emphasis upon the church. Not the church, but this church. Trying to build a kingdom and trying to get people involved so that this God, that, well, you can tell we're doing well because look at all the people that's there. All the people hung him on the tree. Glory be to God. You're going to walk out tonight. Get ready. God's going to bring the miracle. You're not going to ever ride in the wheelchair. You're going to leave this night walking. And that's where it began. Where has it ended? It hadn't ended yet because it's not, it ain't over until it's over. I think there was a, a baseball player once that said, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. She ain't even started to tune up yet, folks. Okay? This thing's a long way from being over. You have been chosen. 
And that's what you're going to have to get into your spirits and into your minds. You have been chosen to carry this thing. It wasn't a debate. It wasn't bless God because you volunteered. No, God chose you to raise the dead. God chose you to see the blind see and the lame walk. The deaf speak, uh, hear and the, and the dumb speak. The matter of diseases to leave. God chose you for this. Anointed you from the foundation of the world that knew that there would come a day throughout all of when Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and the Moseses and, uh, and Moses and all those like the Moseses would be on this earth. And then there was us. As I say, we're a motley crew at best. All right? But we're here, aren't we? Two years ago, when the Lord God, actually three years ago, when the Lord God began to speak to me about this, I said, yeah, sure, Lord. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said, I go back and tell the Lord God that he can do anything. I know that he can. But to begin to tell me that there will be people, and I, I, I think uh, these two sisters back here heard me prophesy that right here, maybe not in this room. We held some out there when it was cold because I'm too Jewish to run the heat in this big room. Hallelujah. Did I not? Did you not hear me say there would be people come from all over the United States would come in here? And how many of them were here? Six? That included the four of my men down, the two of you. Yeah, that's about right. One. What is that? That's faith. That is not looking at what is there, but seeing what God said was there. You remember, you remember when, when bless God, the, the, the prophet said, open up my servant's eyes so he can see there's more of us than there are of them. That's the world that I live in, and that's the world in which you're going to have to live in. But that world didn't come to me because, bless God, that I'm a prophet of God that travels the four corners of this earth. That came to me because I was willing to subject myself unto God's Word day and night. I was not willing because you had a doctrine saying, I can't. Don't tell me that I can't, because I'm going to show you that I can through Him. And that's what makes it work. Yeah. Well, I suppose, Brother Deckard, when all that happened, that just kicked things over to where, where bless God, and, you know, all that, and then it all began to happen, and oh, yes, it did, and I got so excited. thought about writing a book right off. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm in ministry now, all oh, maybe five or six years, and thinking about writing a book on healing right off, because, I mean, after all, I've got all this stuff in, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord God turned the spigot off, and there was just a drip. God, where are you at? Send an angel. What's going on? I don't know what to do. Send an angel. And I would pray for the sick people, and they would go right back out that door as sick as they were when they came in. Uh-oh. I lost the anointing. No, it hadn't gone anywhere. Pride cometh before the fall. I for I had something to do with those people getting up. Woo! Woo! God get up and look at me. Come on now. You're hearing a real prophet tell you the truth. Yeah, well, well praise be to God. Oh, Deckard, look, without you it would never care. You know that, Deckard. Don't let it. He shut it off. 
About a month went by, and I'm ready to quit the ministry. I said, that's it. I said, God, I'm, I, I, I mean, I've fasted. I mean, I've been in a, I know it went 30 days. It may have been 40 days of fasting. And I said, God, I'm done. I quit. I'm out, this, I'm out of here. This, this, what happened? I was doing real well. Things were doing good. People being healed and miracles coming. And hallelujah. And I said, nothing's going on. 30 or 40 days of fasting, the angel came. Did somebody in this room hear what I just said? I didn't go to the next meeting I could get to and get a word. I anointed, I washed my face, anointed my head, anointed my head and washed my face, and I sought the face of God. Yeah, I can't remember 30 or 40 days. The angel came. The angel began to explain to me that no matter how much I wanted to think that I was involved in that, I only had one small part to play in it. And you know what he said? Just believe. He said, you can't work miracles. You can't cause the dead to rise in the name of Yeshua. He said, that's all I've got! Stay out of our job. I said, yes, sir. He said, all God wants you to do is believe. We'll do the rest. But he's got to have somebody that will believe. He's got to have somebody that will step out here when the doctor says, there's no hope, you're going to die. It's going to take somebody like you and I to walk into those hospital rooms and say, I rebuke you, fast and conspire of death, and I command a miracle from the Lord God in the name of Yeshua to come upon him. And watch them get up and walk out of those hospital rooms. Confound the doctors. Confound the families. And that's the faith that we're going to talk about this weekend. You say, well, yeah, but you're a prophet. that got nothing to do with it. Nothing! It's your faith that's got everything to do with it. And we can bring you to the point... You say, do you, you know who your biggest enemy is? It's you. It's, it's not the devil. That's God. What, what Yeshua came and did, I put him under our feet, so, so he's out of the picture. If you are not being successful in your faith walk, it's because you have improperly applied the word. Improperly. You see, folks, it, it, there's, the, the worlds are so different. There's nothing over on that other side of supernatural that compares to this world. The Lord God said to me, a man came one time in service and, and he was dying of cancer. Now this is after we got things straightened up about this, oh, look what I can do. And all of a sudden, the healing, the miracle started again. But what God wanted me to understand was I was going to do it his way. I went through a period of maybe six, eight, maybe a year of where usually I did just come, I lay hands on them, and I and I would speak, and 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 I would bless God, uh, just, you know, and God would bring the miracles through the Son Yeshua, of course. And after that, I start to lay hands on them. He said, "No, no, no." He said. Uh, you have that one lay on the floor and roll all the way across the floor to that wall, then stand up and raise their hands and give me the glory, the miracle will come. 
I said, what, God? Well, that's a little foolish. He said, do it. Just do it. Stand up. Miracle came. I watched him stand and jump up and down on one leg. I watched him turn in circles seven times. I watched him run up and down this aisle. I had one guy run around the building. I said, run around the building. I said, this isn't going to be easy. Three times around this building, come back in here, stand right here. And I said, bless God, the miracle's going to come. He'd run around the building, come in, <laughs> about to die, but you know, whatever, and miracle come. One time I was ministering, and bless God, I, 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 it was hot, and I said, give me, give, give, me, give me some water. They kept a glass of water up here, and they brought me the water, and, and what God had told me to do, he said, you throw this water in that, in that woman's face. Be healed in the name of Yeshua, and they were healed. I didn't understand, and went on and on and on. You, I know you've heard me tell the story about having a woman lay down that, that had the, the, the crushed disc in her back and was going to have the operation uh, on Monday or Tuesday of that next week, and, and she laid down, and God told me to climb up on top of her back and jump up and down, jump, jump three times on her back, and God healed her. And I kept saying, God, I, I, what's this about? It, it, this is... I mean, for Pete's sakes, I, all I lacked was the dogs and the ponies. I'd had a three-ring circus going on. And people were coming from everywhere. I was on the radio at that time in St. Louis and, 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 and Best God in Evansville, Indiana, and, and, and uh, two or three other stations, and they were driving. They were driving like you were driving today. And they were coming. And, I mean, they couldn't wait. What do you think God's going to do tonight, Prophet? I said, i got no idea. I never do, but he'll do something. I said, just... Sit back and relax and let God be God. Finally, after that period of time, the angel came and the angel said to me, you now understand. I said, what do I understand? That it's going to be God's way. He is going to tell you and you're going to be obedient to do it or it's not going to work. I said, yes, Lord. I said, yes, Lord. I, 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 I grasp onto, I, I, and I, I begin to realize that God's going to do it any old way. Once That's when I lined up uh, however many people there was. And all, that row went all the way over almost there, and it come a little, just one seat over there to the middle aisle, and, and lined all those people up with had short legs. One night in the same service with me, how there was that many short-legged people in this end of the country still boggles my mind. But we lined them all up. Screw their backs, their backsides in the back of the chair, set chairs out in front so you could see the, how short the legs were. And bless God, I started to lay hand. God said, no, no. He said, just come down to the end. And he said, and, and you command those legs to grow in, in, in my name. I did, and those legs started on this end, and it was just exactly like dominoes. This one, second, third, fourth, fifth, and they all slid out. Looked down, the last one slid out, and I go, thank you, Lord. What's that about? That is about God showing me, in this case, and one day we'll show you He's in control. As much as we would like to think that we're in control, we're not in control. We get to thinking, oh, oh. No, I'm going to tell you, we're just thinking that. That's what the problem is, okay? Well, the guy came in with the cancer, and he came up front. Now, this is after all the circus thing ended. See, I've been through all this thing. I went through one point in time where I didn't think I was going to do anything but cast out devils. I mean... I, Dear God in heaven, it just, it, that's the way God taught me. And, and I, I mean, all I'd have was a room full of devils. 
And I look up there and say, God, why can't I have a church like everybody else has got a church? Folks, I've had, I've had, were you here, Janelle, when the body come up and levitated? Were you here then? Maybe. I've had them come up and lay parallel to the floor right in front of me. I have watched, and people's eyes go, well, I'm not going back there. There's something going on. Everybody out the door. Just the ones that ought to believe believe in all this stuff, the Pentecostals, they were the first one to hit the door. But God is always teaching. The man walked up and the Lord God said to me, he said, look. And all of a sudden, when God tells me that, when he says, look, he always opens the supernatural side up, so I, I'm, I'm not looking at you, I'm looking into the Spirit. And so I looked, and, 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 he, and he said, what's there? And I said, nothing, meaning there wasn't any cancer. I said, but God, I said, look, look, on now the man's, the whites of his eyes had turned yellow. I mean, his skin was yellow. He was dying. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, that is the way the world perceives the man. He said, I made the man perfect. See him that way. I said, yea, Lord. So God began to show me how to call those things which be as though they're not. He began to make me come to an absolute vivid understanding of who he is through miracles. Lame would come in. He said, how do you see him? I said, they're walking. They're not lame. That's what caused the faith level to increase. Because I refuse to see you sick. I refuse to see you blind and lame or diseased in any way. I see you as you were created by the hand of Almighty God as being whole. Because I see that, then, then I am not just saying, bless God, be healed. I am saying you were healed by the stripes that he bore upon the tree. Can anybody understand the difference in that? Healing is the simplest thing in this world. It's already been taken care of by Yeshua himself when he took the stripes, bore those stripes. The problem with healing is this right here steals. And it can kill. Your, 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 your faith will heal you. Your doubts and unbelief will send you to an early grave. And the more you want to learn, now listen to me, because this part is important to get a hold of, the more you're responsible for. It is a dangerous thing to be around a real prophet, because we're going to teach you how to do this, and as we teach you, then you become responsible for it. Now listen to me, and it can end up being a living hell for you and your family if you decide, oh, I don't think so. The minute you sat down in this room, you thought so with God. And you will learn. Like I said, we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. You can either learn it, practice it, put it into your life. I can drive you so far in the Spirit. All right? And I will do that. But it would just be easier for you just to make that decision. You're just going to, you know, get all this out of the way. Get these little things out of the way that don't mean anything. 
Get them out of the way. All these, all these. Well, now I just think it was real stupid for the prophet to go up there in his socks feet today and. This white business. You can get to heaven without wearing white. Of course you can. But I'm going to have these socks blessed off of me while I'm here. Okay? Because I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. And that is the essence of where we want to take you this weekend. Where you can call those things to be not as the way they look that they are. The success became... Uh, very, very alive to me, okay? Because I began to see things in a, in a perspective that few people may ever be able to see. As being able to operate there, and that's the reason the church had problems really, really the proper way of teaching faith is because very few of them ever got there, could ever live within the realm. And as far as I know, and I might be wrong about this because I don't know a lot. I do know a lot about the charismatic movement. I don't know everything about it, but I'm not sure there was ever a major prophet involved into that movement. Now, they, got to, they were the ones that got to using the word prophet like it was turning the kitchen sink water on and letting it run. Anybody could give a word of knowledge but automatically become a prophet. Most of them couldn't even do that right. And if you heard the thing I did on false prophets and false prophecies, you probably at this point should have come the absolute realization there's more people working by familiar spirits than there are by the Spirit of God, okay? Uh, as I keep saying, the uh, soothsayers get closer than most of these uh, haphazard knuckleheads out here trying to do this thing in the name of Yeshua. Well, let's go on. Now, did we, yeah, we took care, we took care of, of Romans, right? No, you mean I was just trying, I gave you plenty of time to get there. Praise be to God, we'll get this one. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, anytime I miss one, somebody shout, shout out, you know. Seventeenth, first chapter, seventeenth verse. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Uh-oh. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God will be real, revealed from faith to faith. And it sounds like that wherever we're at today, there's more faith to walk in in the tomorrows. And that's true. And, 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 you know, I, I, I really like that because I always tell people you need to take one period of time during a year. And if you can, and now a lot of people can't, but if you can, if you can, can then I'd spend 30 days fasting before God. I would begin to, I begin to seek God to find out where my faith level was at in comparison to a year ago. Because faith has to increase. And every year you have to put a demand upon yourself in order for it to increase. Now, because again, we, we got this figment of some kind of imagination believing, well, if I just get in one more service, I just get to hear one more sermon, I just get a little more oil poured on me, the prophet lay his hands on me, and I am going to lay my hands on you, maybe pour oil on you uh, tomorrow, because what I'm going to do is not increase your faith. I can't do that. But what I can do is sure kick, I can sure kick in the lower end posterior the faith that you have. Okay? And I'm going to cause some of your faith to come up to the, to the level it's at, at least for you to operate within the next month or so, six or eight weeks maybe even, so that you'll know that it's there. Okay? And that's and then after that, it's going to, the old thing is God's going to, you know, and you're going to have a, a bit of a problem. So I, I expect to get some emails uh, a lot of emails 
uh, with you telling me that, yes, this is what's happened since I was in the service. Why? Because, see, that's what prophets can do. I'm not, I'm not here to get uh, to pour and that you be an all-anointed one. I'm here to get you to the potential of where your faith is at today and get you to realize that wherever it is at today, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is down the road from now, it better be stronger because it's required of you. Because if you can't bring your faith to that place, do you know what's going to happen? Somebody is going to have to suffer because you dropped the ball with God. Somebody in a time of the crisis of their life. You know, I said, and, and, and I, haven't, I haven't been short about saying, this thing of laying on of hands is the biggest baby's thing that ever happened in the church. Run up and let the prophet do it for you. That's cute. I don't see any of you uh, fasting all the days that I fast, praying all the, the, the hours that I pray, uh, studying all the hours that I... So, so it's easier just to run in and come up and oh, let the prophet lay hands. That's the least amount of faith that you will ever exercise in your walk with the Lord. Now, is it going to happen? Yes, it's got to happen. If your faith can't cover it, this one will, okay? This anointing will, will destroy the yoke, and I know that, and that's the reason that I want that all to happen. I want it all to take place in your life. However, the people that were under this ministry for, for three, four, five years, and I would never know beforehand, they'd get in the line, I'd walk up to them to pray for them, and God said, tell them to go, go sit down. I thought, uh-oh, here it comes. See, God's always getting me in trouble. I said, go sit down. God said, ask them if they prayed about this before they came up here. No, they, they hadn't prayed. God said, ask them why. Well, because the prophet's here. I, and then God said, that, you tell them that's the reason they're going to go sit down. You tell them to fast and to pray this week, coming up, be like that was Sunday evening, and then next week, if they need prayer, to come in the line. Because you see, in, 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 in setting under a prophet, we're going to demand that you get rid of the bottle that's in your mouth. We're going to demand that you learn to sit on the pot on your own. Okay? We're going to absolutely demand, or we'll let you have a pacifier for a while. Oh, that's important. I know you've heard me talk about the big pacifier we used to have. I'd be in service, God said, tell, tell Mr. Jones, stand up, and Mr. Jones, stand up. I said, you, you and your wife, Mrs. Jones, check out the pacifier in the front right after service. And I said, now, the Joneses will have it this week, and whoever needs it next week, sign up. They have to check it out like a library, comes and bring it back. Oh, they, they, oh, I've had them come. And now, Prophet, why do you think God would never embarrass me like that? And I said, he did this time. You see, that the problem with you and I, we think we're getting away with everything. I think I, yeah, I alluded to it last night. It's talking, if God let lightning strike about three foot from us every time we think something wrong or do something wrong or speak something wrong, we would do a whole lot better in those three areas. But he doesn't. Why? Because he's not a God of uh, putting anybody in an arm lock. He, he, we're free will agents, and he lets us make decisions. And I, I hope that you've lived long enough in your walk with the Lord Yeshua to understand that, bless God, we don't know what we think we know, or things would be doing a whole lot better than they're doing. But you know what that takes? People to come to that place and that and their walk with the Lord, it, it takes you being able to realize 
that he is above us. See, that's part of what this right here is about, is the humility of understanding we don't know anything. We can't do anything. We are, we are under him. He is above us. So we do what? We lean upon him. Now, in Galatians, the book of Galatians, faith, got to have it. Without it, you can't please him. With him, <laughs> you, with faith, you can raise the dead. Galatians 3, 11. 3, 11 of Galatians. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. Again, the just shall live by faith. What's that about? We live by faith. Now, I always teach this like this, and I, and I like it, because uh, Donna teaches by example. Prophets, it's all revelation knowledge, but every once in a while, I, I get smart enough to use an example. When you came in here this morning, how many of you in this room took the chair that you're sitting in, turned it over to examine as to whether or not it was a good chair or a bad chair? whether the right manufacturer had even made the chair that you would trust to sit down in. Did anybody do that? God forbid if you did, because you'd be different than anybody around. But you just come in, flopped your lower end posteriors right down in that seat, knowing that, bless God, it was going to hold you up, didn't you? That's called blind faith. That's blind faith. Well, it's supposed to hold you up, so is the Word of God. So is the Word of God. The problem, the problem with it becomes that, that, that bless God, that we, we, we see the chair. We can't see the Lord. The problem is, yeah, and again, you go out, out this morning after service, you get in your car, unless you've had cars like I've had in the past. I've had cars, you better pray before you open the door. You heard me tell about the guy I gave the car away to, and he'd come down, down the road with a steering wheel in his hand, didn't he? He didn't pray enough. I told him, I said, you've got to pray more when you drive that car. But most all of our cars today are going to, we get in, we turn the key, and we know it's going to start. Blind faith. We can have faith for those things that we can see, but we can't have faith in a God that's unseen. We can't have faith in just... The fact that revelation knowledge of the understanding of the, of, the, of the miraculous part of his word works. But there are means and ways, brothers and sisters, to develop that faith. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.